we interrupt your regular watching of this holding screen to bring you a brief snippet of a role-playing game. Hello, good evening. It's Wednesday, uh, Warhammer Wednesday, and that means it's time for some Wrath and Glory. We're playing the Bellerophon Index, and joining me this evening are my usual cast of players, who I will skip the introductions of. Suffice to say, you know who they are, and they're all wonderful. And we'll get stuck straight in. Except for that, Dan. He's not wonderful. Well, no, that Dan, you can't trust him. Yeah, never talk about that, Dan. He's, he's uh, a no, weirdo. <laughs> now, last session, we were crossing the desert on a wagon with no name. And we had to stop. Well, we didn't. You did. I'm not with you. You had to stop because... Um, between them, Sikar Rez and Octavian Beep Boop Beep managed to track down a device on the on the wagon, which looked like it might be emitting some kind of signal. So while they were investigating that, the calm, rational, well-balanced and sensible um, Sister Evelyn and Father Majestus went for a little stroll in the desert to go and see who had a barbecue going on a nearby hilltop. Uh, Majestus then decided that their little barbecue wasn't extravagant enough, so he um, helped them build it a little higher. And it turned out that after he'd murdered everybody, they were actually a bunch of cannibal mutant heretics, and his murder was thoroughly justified. Not that he knew that before he started the murderizing process. Clearly, the emperor was guiding his flamer. Uh, so we then piled back into the wagon after removing the bomb because Sakar and Octavian managed to pull that off and carried on on your journey. So another couple of days of travel and you come across another space between two different hives because you weren't heading from one hive to another you were heading from one hive to a place in the the wastes between the two the skull bar which is a bar located in the skull of a giant tyranno beast of some kind and you, you see it long before you arrive this spine of this enormous kaiju-like megafauna jutting up out of the desert and dotted around the front end of the beast where the skull is and you can see it quite prominently bleached by the sun sitting in near rivers of toxic waste you can see lots of vehicles skimmers flyers wheeled things all parked up outside. There appear to be some lights in the eye sockets of this kaiju beast, sort of flashing a message. It says skull bar on it, and it's just sort of beeping and flashing and has these neon colours showing at night that you can really pick up on. Lots of very massive vehicles, the kind of things that look like waste prospectors and scum. And just the kinds of people that live outside of the hives might drive around in. And you pull up on a slight rise above it to decide what you're going to do. Who is there she is. 
says your guide. <clears throat> yeah, Sister Evelyn steps, doesn't step into the cab because she can't quite fit with the cauldrons and whatnot. She kind of looks through the window and then looks back at the rest of the group and is like, Father Majestus, perhaps on this occasion you would uh, wait in prayer for a short while. Um, and Mr. Sakares and Julius Battle can first see if the information is here that we need before we deal with these heretics. You know, if, I, I if think it's wise. I think that might be a good idea. I'm just saying, Father, that, you know, these fellas, they may fall down in prayer and we, not, may, we may not get any info out of them unless, uh, you know, may, uh, maybe I go in with the Inquisitor and, and maybe Octavian here because, I mean, he may be able to do his, you know, little mechanical uh, uh, voodoo thing when we get in there to find some additional information. No offense to the Imperium or, or, or the church, anything, because clearly, you know, everybody needs the Emperor in their lives, but maybe that's a good Your idea. Your words are like ants in my clothing. Is, that must be I really itchy. Stay, I will stay and I will pray. That's, that's all you need to know. Uh, that, that, thank you, Father. Hey, uh, Sister, what's an ant? It's a small, like, insect. Um, which you don't want to find in your clothing. Right, that, that about sums me up. I think that's a fair assessment, Father. Thanks. Thank you so much for clarifying my position. Uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll go take care of this. I will remain on the ridge and look down. At the first sign of trouble, I will engage. But um, I feel that I... And she looks at her armour and her lovely robes and goes, I might stand out in this location. You know, sister, I think that's the biggest understatement I heard all day. But yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea. You could always throw a cloak over it and pretend <laughs> to be a servitor. <laughs> says um, Corporal Marius. <laughs> I will be better served than the ridge where my bolter can do its most work. Yeah, uh, Corporal, I would, there's, uh... there's the, the, the auto gun up top if you want that as well. I will stick to the holy bolter. Right, you are, Chief. Sister, sir, mom, still not sure what to call you, lady. Ship. Sister will be fine. Okay, sister. So, uh, Octavian, you up for a little stroll into this, uh, into this here place? Indeed. Oi, oi, kiddo. Rez. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, Corporal. He throws you a pistol of some kind literally just tosses it to you and Sakar gets out of the way and lets it hit the ground he's like right. you're trying to get me killed here or something no you're supposed to catch it uh, it's a flare gun oh, oh you just okay all right stick it out a window or step out the door fire that thing and everybody will know to come running uh, yeah hey thanks corporal I, I appreciate that uh you caught me off guard there with the whole throwing guns at me thing but uh, I, I yeah no i can i can see how that might upset yeah sorry you get used to it after you've been in the grave diggers for a while someone yeah, chucks yeah. a gun you catch it and use it to shoot yeah I see, you ever yeah. considered a career in the uh, imperial military you know, Corporal, I, I had not considered a career beyond, say, you know, surviving in the underhive, but, you know, things are changing. But from my it's understanding... A it's a good way out. A lot of my friends, underhivers themselves, made their way out into the grave diggers, worked their way up. Some of them have made it all the way up to the rank of private 
first class. Wow, that's a uh, corp. I gotta say, that's pretty impressive. But I've been told by uh, by the Inquisitor Select here, uh, Julius Battle, that uh, that um apparently uh, I belong to the Inquisition now. So I I, I don't know. I, I defy Fair enough. Reply. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, if they decide to put you through any military training, yeah, let us know. Oh, we'll do. Put word I, in. I, I appreciate that. Next time I'll catch it even, I, I promise. Now that I know regiment. what's going on. Grave diggers, you, you'll be all right there. All right. Sorry, I'll better let you go. I'll shut up now. So you and Octavian and Julius make your way down the ridge. And, and as the bar gets bigger, you can see that it is quite literally inside an absolutely massive skull. This skull is easily three stories high. Uh, the eye sockets in the sides of this thing look to be top floor. One of the eye sockets has got this neon sign in that's flashing skull bar, skull bar, skull bar, skull bar. And there's all these really crappy looking vehicles outside every single one of them has seen better days but these are the kinds of vehicles that cross the wastes they're tough they're durable but they are battered to crap and beyond and you can already hear screaming and yelling and cheering from inside the bar by the time you reach the sort of parking area there's there's a revolting human out front just sort of shouting at people, inviting them into the skull bar, telling them about all the delights that are on offer, um, hinting that there are ladies of negotiable affection within, as well as cheap drinks. And he says quality food, but he doesn't specify whether that's good quality or bad. So Octavian, once once we get in there, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what this guy is that we're looking for, or or what he looks like. Enough? Do, do you got do you got that information somewhere inside uh inside of that head of yours? I'm not sure I do. Do I? You you know you're looking for a a person by the name of Praxis, and you believe him to be a male and a human but that's about all you've got to go on he's the guy that sold the page to phlogiston well then if that's all you've got to go on now we can we can just ask around i suppose i have insufficient information to generate a pictorial image but i do have a name and gender but as you say that's all we've got to go on that sounds good julius uh you've been very quiet but that's that's okay you know the, the, the strong silent type for the Inquisition, that's, uh, that might work. But I wouldn't flash that uh, you know, badge around too quickly because, you know, we're only three guys. And, well, the sister, might, sister and the father may be able to handle this place. But I have a feeling that three of us wouldn't make it out. Julius nods and doesn't say very much. But you can tell he's probably planning some kind of speech for later. <clears throat> so you're heading into the bar then yes. and you go in inside this gigantic mouth it's like being swallowed but it's built up inside the skull so the whole place has got these thick mud walls that are sort of a dirty brown color massive chunky squares 
of sandstone that have been stuck in position. Everything inside has been carved um, with images of monsters and beasts that you might find in the waste, fanciful mythological stuff. There is an imperial flag up behind the bar, but it's quite small and has seen better days. And the, <clears throat> the, the main room as you enter, there are about two dozen wooden benches with long, sorry, wooden tables with long wooden benches behind each one dotted around the room. It's quite cramped. You have to duck and weave to get through places. There are a, a group of women moving around, carrying trays, putting drinks down in front of people and a lot of very rough looking patrons inside it for you res it's it's a lot like coming home uh, this is the most at home you've felt since leaving the hive this place is uh, gonna thanks, be all Derek, right means i've done my job he says why do i suddenly have the mental image from the dusk till dawn bar <laughs> And, and he's not far wrong. There is a, a small stage off to one side. Uh, the bar stretches all the way along one wall. There looks to be ways out behind the bar on either side, further back into the building. And there is a band after a fashion as well. Although you're not sure how much of it is band and how much of it is instrument, because they, they all appear to be like musical servitors. So Octavian, it's something that you, you recognise the way it's been done, but it seems like a frivolous waste of technology. Mm. It, it's like somebody's made a servitor band, so they're part man, part instrument, each of them. The drummer is human from the waist up, but drums from the waist down. The guitarist things for entertainment purposes only. The guitarist has no arms. His arms are his guitar, but he has got an extra servitor arm over the top that is smoking a cigarette for him while he plays. The singer yeah, doesn't have a microphone. He has a box, and they're playing some kind of weird agro punk music that is mostly screaming and descriptions of violence so Sakara would sidle up to the bar and try to get the bartender's attention so you yeah, yeah you head up to the bar there's a couple of burly heavy set guys wearing thick heavy leathers long coats they've got breather masks hanging around their necks and lots of chemical burns on their faces and stuff like that and you sort of squeeze through this little crowd of guys at the bar and you wave over the bartender again the top half of the bartender that you could see from over there is entirely human but he appears to be running on a, a mono wheel up and down behind the bar, like his lower body has been stuck with gyros in this unicycle effort. Does he have like the, the blank stare of a servitor? Or does no, his face like is completely okay. animated. It just looks like he, he's got no lower body. Okay. 
and he wheels up and he's got a, a glass in one hand and a rag in the other and he's cleaning the glass well he's spreading the mess on the glass around with the rag how do you depth kid what are you looking for hey oh my friend and he uh sakar will pull open his jacket and show the symbol of uh, fagin's twists on the inside you know, Flagistan there from the Hive, uh, he, uh, he hired us to uh, come out and, uh, and speak with uh, a Praxis. He said so- something about uh, maybe some additional business. He said this would be the place to find him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Praxis practically lives here these days. Um, been around loads. Is he here now? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think he's taking care of some business in one of the private suites right now. But he'll be out in the bar in a bit. I don't doubt it. And so uh, Sakara will will slide over some of the credits that uh, Julius gave him uh, for for bribe money and go around for around for yourself and and my friends and and if you just let me know when the praxis comes out so we can uh, I can finish my business here. Uh, I greatly appreciate that. All right, kind. Looks like you uh, looks like you're going places, kid. You know, I'm, I'm just a courier, just uh, running information. But, uh, you know, hey, first time out of the hive, I got to say, you got a very nice joint here. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Hey, uh, and he puts three corpse beers down, bottled corpse beers, pops the lids off of them. There you go. Enjoy. Uh, yeah, grab a seat. If, if you want food or anything, there's... There's like an ordering station. You just punch in what you want. One of the girls will bring it round. If you want anything else, you know, let let someone know. Cheers. Right, yeah. Business first, pleasure second, perhaps. Uh, isn't that right, Octavian? Is that uh, that okay with you? Indeed. All right. All right. So meanwhile, back at the barn or the vehicle, as the case might be, Dan and Jim, you're looking down on the the skull bar from where you are. Everything seems to be not quiet because you can hear the shouting from where you are, but everything seems to be normal. A a couple more bike-sized hover things pull up. And another six guys get off of them and head into the bar. Yeah, do either of you want to make and what's the best? It's awareness, I guess. Check. Mm-hmm. Uh, difficulty is five. Nope. <laughs> I really need to improve my awareness. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, bike gang swings up, heads into the bar. That would not be unusual for this bar or this setting, correct? It wouldn't be unusual for this bar, but it's a very long way to be on a grav bike. Which implies they've come from somewhere closer. Yeah, I mean, that's the only unusual thing that you kind of clock, really. The car has a flair. Just uh, is going to trust in the group that's in there right now, and not go marching down the hill. <laughs> She'll just continue looking down, 
Okay, uh, Jim, do you want to do anything? You're on mute, mate. I'm just going to be ready to uh, um, help if need. But yeah, let's trust in the um, in the um, yeah the, the, the other people. So, uh, other Dan, Octavian Dan, other Dan. That's so demeaning. It's fine. I'm We're a horrible person. Yes, but not in relation to this. <laughs> no, not in relation to this. That's just in general. Anything you want to do. Um, so you, you've got a table now, and you can see that this ordering station is a fairly primitive uh, computer system. Is there surveillance? In the bar? No. You can't see any anyway. I want to take a closer look at the band and see, basically what I'm trying to figure out is if they're just a band of servitors or if they're um, multi-purpose as in each of their weapons, each of their um, instruments is holding some sort of weapon or something. Okay. Um... I would say that that would really be an awareness check as well. Um, but you could argue for, for I suppose... Tech? Tech. If you want to do tech, it'll be difficulty seven, I think. My awareness is okay, because it's off my intelligence. So awareness and my five intelligence is or pretty tech high. seven? Uh, I'll go for awareness. And okay. difficulty is five. Yeah. See if this works this evening. Heresy. It works, That's but not a very well. Terrible roll. That is a terrible roll. Um, Remember, you've got wrath points if you want to spend one to re-roll. Yeah, I will spend a wrath point to re-roll, please. Uh, and there is glory in the pool. I'll spend a wrath point to re-roll. You only need to re-roll the five failures. You get to keep the two successes. Okay, so that would be... Min just minus two off the test. So that would be dice pool of five. And what was the difficulty again? Seven. With three now, because you've already got two oh, successes. Three, sorry. Okay. There you go. There you go. <clears throat> nice. And you add a point of glory. Uh, yes, you are. Your original supposition was correct. They are multi-purpose servitors. They are equipped with weaponry as well as musical instruments. So while they do hold musical instruments as their visual effect, each of them has got a number of hinges and rotating sections on the weapons themselves. On the instruments themselves and there's enough space on all of the instruments for them to double up as weapons of some kind you couldn't specify exactly what each one carries or uses but they are definitely all equipped to fight this Thanks. is a band that can mix it up with do i think they could be hacked remotely it depends on how much autonomous stuff they've got in them because they don't appear to be fully servited. They're not slaved to anything. Ah. 
So they're they're heavily cyborged, but they're not slaved. Okay, I'm going to start seeing if I can probe their um, security systems remotely for just in case things kick off in the bar, as they inevitably will when um, certain religious types come in. Uh, I know you're outside, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that if push comes to shove, we can shut down or get them fighting on our side. Uh, But we'll see. I'm not... not... What's the word I'm looking for? I'm not trying to do it. I'm seeing if I could do it. Just sort of probing. So yeah, yeah, make it make a tech roll then at difficulty five again. And Um, we'll see if you can find any. If there's cyborg, could I do medical? Medical. You'd have to be up and touching them to make Uh, it a medicaid check. Uh, With tech, you can try and access any um, signal-based stuff they've got going on. So if they've got anything that's you know, Wi-Fi, basically. If you want to Medicaid them, you'd have to get up and up close and personal. There you go. Which you could potentially do, but you'd need to come up with a, a reason why they would let you. Um, I'll stick with this. and uh, Success, complication. with a wrath complication. Okay, so, yeah. Um, you, the singer has uh, an open connection and you're able to piggyback on that signal it looks like the rest of the band might be not fully slaved but subordinate to him so the singer if given commands via remote would trigger the rest of the band to act on the same sort of target you wouldn't necessarily be able to say all of you do these things but if you said if it's like a friend or foe engaging system you can tag things as friend or foe. And then they'll do what they do to foes. Whatever that might be. Um, the downside to that is that the, the feedback that comes back through from him, he's bombarding your system with just awful chaos noise. So you're used to neat orderly data streams and this is rough ugly badly programmed jangly it's, it's so you don't punk. actually mean the actual meaning of chaos in the circumstances no not not a... not capital c chaos <laughs> not, not capital, capital c, c chaos, chaos. No. lower like c chaos uh <laughs> you're, you're basically you've, you've got a punk band in your head when you're used to being oh. an it specialist fair enough cool so, Sakar, you've got your beer, you're in a bar, you see all these people, you see this group of, another group of leather-clad folks come sort of muscling their way in, uh, make an awareness check. And Dan, you can make a Medicaid check at five. What's the difficulty number? Three for the awareness. Medicaid check at five. Success. Cool. Also, 
success of complication. Okay, so you both notice that um, there's something a bit wrong with these guys' skin when they come in. Uh, the the tone on the skin suggests that they've got some kind of skin condition. It's not a natural human skin tone. It looks like they've been exposed to an overabundance of copper or strontium or some kind of uh, industrial pollutant that has turned their skin this sort of lavendery colour. They don't look quite right, but they're, they're very insular and they stick very close together. Where do they head? They, they come into the bar, they go up to the bar, get some drinks and come and sit down. One of them then gets up and heads back out to the through one of the doors behind the bar, the one at the far end near the stage. Hey, Octavian, I think, uh, I don't know. Let's just hope the father didn't come in and see these fellas. Am I right? Because... There'd be hell to pay, but I think maybe we also should keep our eyes on them. You know, gangs don't gang like that travels. They may be here for some trouble. Mm. They do seem rather malfunctioning. They they start playing a game of mumblety peg on the table with a knife. That thing. That is called so many different names. That game. What what do you call it, Aaron? Uh, how to stab your fingers? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a good name for it. <laughs> we call the kids in we call schools the, used to do it the the Marines game because <laughs> you're not going to get a bunch of army guys doing that. <laughs> a lot of kids in school do it to prove how hard they are. It's funny; they get a little compass out. Oh, you're using maths equipment. Go wild. <laughs> So Sakari, I mean, he's nor he's used to seeing gangers. Yeah, and it's, it's a bunch of gangers so. doing stupid things with knives. So it's not something that is outside of your experience at all. But they're kind of keeping to themselves. Uh, they're a bit grabby with the the serving staff. Yeah, Sakari will just keep his ears open. Uh, you know, see if he hears anything that would be of interest to his new gang or his old gang and just sits back and waits till the bartender gives him the nod. You, you do hear um, one of those, one of the remaining five say something about quality mechanical parts being worth a lot on the black market. And he just happens to say that while looking over at your table. So Sakara lean in. So yeah, Octavian. I'm not saying that this is gonna, you know, boil over anytime in the near future, but I, I have a I have a feeling between you and me that uh, these guys they're gonna try to uh, they're gonna try to uh, kill you and uh, and strip all of your fancy augmentics out. That's just just me think just spitballing here that they're intense, but we may we may need to be prepared for that. Uh, after he says that, himself. another one of them gets up and leaves the bar, going going back out through the back exit near the stage. I will um, begin my hack on the band. And Sakara leans over to uh, to Julius, and he's like, 
Hey, uh, uh, Mr. Interrogator, sir, I'm thinking maybe we need a, uh, you got like this, we could keep like an open Vox channel or something, right? Maybe if you head back out to uh, where the father and the sister are and you keep your Vox channel open, if things start to cook off in here, you know, maybe faster than me coming outside and shooting off a flare gun if you're just listening to what's going on in here. Is that something you can do, sir? Yeah, I, I could do that. Maybe we should get them to drive down so they're a bit closer. Yeah, that might be a good idea, too, because, I mean, I like Octavian and I don't want to see him used for scrap parts. Well, I'm going to head outside then and I'll, I'll radio up to the wagon and get them to drive down. But not too fast, because you know what the father's like. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. They'll burn everybody in here. And that's probably right. I mean, the emperor, all that kind of good jazz. But uh, that's on the down low on that one. Don't tell him I said the emperor and all that jazz, because <laughs> he's got that whip thing and that scares the hell out of me. So um, Julius heads out to the, the parking area, pulling his Vox out. And then the, the band suddenly changes tack. And they go from playing this sort of thrashy, clashy noise production stuff to playing something that's much slower, much more chilled out, the sort of thing that you might expect to hear, um, well, at, at a disreputable bar where people take their clothes off for money. And as they start to play, three dancers come out on the stage and start doing exactly that. They start gyrating in front of the patrons. The patrons love it, They're just lapping it up hooting and howling banging drinks on the table another one of the bike gang guys heads off and disappears backstage uh, dan and jim you get voxed by julius battle what does he so, tell us to do can you tell the corporal to bring the wagon down so you're a bit closer Looks like things might be about to kick off. Rez thinks there's going to be a fight. Understood. Corporal? Right, you are, Chief. Sister, Mom? Sister. You can call me Sister. It's yes, quite Mom, all right. Sister, Mom. Will do. And he drives down into the, the parking area. And I remain in the cab bit at the back where I can't be seen because, again... Like the truck probably looks like a bit messy and a bit mucky. Probably would done oh, look out place. Now. Yeah, it's been out in the but, desert for nearly but two a sister weeks. in alabaster armor shining. Stand out. <laughs> so yeah, so she's staying in the back where she can't be seen, but ready to jump out the back door and um and as she's joined the father in his prayer, trying to keep him calm. Essentially, I'm gonna light my flame up a little bit, and I'm gonna start burning my left arm from the bottom of it. <laughs> And, and 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 the sister like prays harder for him, you know, and she can like you can really hear some like proper like sermons that you would have heard in the in an ecclesiarch chapel, and and she's like you know in awe of his uh, ability to harm himself with the emperor. So. Jim, can you make a psychic mastery roll 
difficulty three. Oh, nice. look at that. Hey, Diesel Shaw's raiding with a party of four. Woo -woo. Hi, Diesel Shaw. Jim. Yeah. As you lay flame to your arm for the first time, it brings clarity of purpose and meaning to your thoughts. And you find yourself transported to that space outside of space and time where the emperor in his glory reveals himself through the beacon of the Astronomicon across the warp unto you. And you get a sense that somewhere outside of the vehicle, but not in the bar, there is a witch. You can you sense briefly, just you, you touch on the thoughts of something unholy and alien somewhere in this parking area. Holy sister, the emperor has just spoken to me. We have a witch in our proximity. And I actually lip curls. Suffer not the witch. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna bite, bite on the uh, burnt flesh, um, so it hurts more. Okay, well, it, it hurts. And then, what do the two of you want to do? We're going witch hunting. There's a yep. witch in the car park. What are you going to do? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get out the van and say, "Here, witchy, witchy, witchy." Witchy, <laughs> <laughs> witchy woo. Uh, yeah, I will be with the father because one of the jobs of the sisters about was to ensure the safety of the members of the ecclesia so that's what she's there to do as well as the other job she was there to do um, how do you plan to go about hunting this witch well i don't know because i didn't get a message from the empress so i'm actually leaning on the father to you know i can i mean it's entirely yeah. possible that he didn't get a message from the emperor either and that he's actually mad but <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. The Ecclesiarch and the represent their representatives are holy. Absolutely. I do look like I've chucked my junk all over the trunk for the moment. And anyway, uh, the sister won't know anything until the witch actually tries to do something, at which point the, she'll the almost witch. get like a... <laughs> at which point she'll get a sort of that the old spidey sense, shall we say, that the witch... Okie dokie, right, Jim. Yes. Looks like the witch hunting is all on you, mate. Okay. No way that could go wrong. I'll have a look round to start with. Is there any sort of buildings, shelters, or anything nearby that isn't the bar? Uh, I mean, the bar itself seems to be built into the skull. You don't know what's behind it and occupying the rest of the body. Okay. Or the rib cage or anything like that but you're pretty sure that whatever it was that you detected it's probably um out front here okay. where all these vehicles are so it's, it's somewhere in amongst the vehicles okay i shall have a wander over 
You come in. Yeah, the sister would definitely be following you. You wouldn't even need to ask her. She would she would almost lockstep and follow your step. All right, we'll jump back inside then. Uh, so Sakar and Octavian, while you're watching the entertainment, uh, you notice that another one of those gangers gets up and wanders out the same way the others are. There's now only three of them left. Definitely going to have... Can I begin my hack on the um, band? Yes, you can. Make a tech roll, difficulty seven. Is there any way that's reduced because of the previous probing? That is a good point. We'll take it down to six. Use a glory point. I'm using a glory seven. point. Kuchung. Nice. Look at that. Job's I good. Can't, I can't change the glory points because the game is paused. It's okay because he shifted one anyway, oh. so it doesn't change. Right. So with that, you managed to get access to their friend and foe target designation system. And you also get a better idea of the weapons. They're, they're not equipped with clean weapons. These guys aren't going to be like delicately firing auto guns or anything. There's big slicey claws. There's fire damage. The stuff they've got does ripping, tearing, slicing, burning. Excellent. It makes a mess. They, they make a mess when they kick off. And you also notice with your excess success that um, the serving girls have also got a kind of internal chip that prevents them from leaving the premises. You're muted. They're slave chipped. They're not slave chipped as in every single action is controlled. But you get the feeling that if they were to try and leave the premises, something bad would happen. Is it like a mini explosive or a neural shock or something? What Something like that, yeah. <coughs> Can I deactivate them? Not without getting access to the central terminal that controls them or um, individually going right. into each one and circling them. That's a problem for later. And yeah. I'm not actually too concerned about that at the moment. I'm more concerned about the upcoming inevitable ambush. So uh, Sakar seeing all this going on, uh, he'd like to make a, he'd like to, he'd saunter up back up to the bar and he'd like to make a cunning check to uh, feel out bartender to find out who this gang is what their relationship is to the bar and uh you know what their modus operandi is so to speak yeah sure go ahead uh, he was actually about to call you so that's just going to be a difficulty three because he was cool. he's as you walk up to the bar he's literally pointing over to your table uh, putting uh, another couple of bottles on a tray for one of the servers. He's like, so, uh, yeah, I saw that you were about to call me over. Hey, I also noticed that that uh, that, that gang coming in. I don't recognize the colors. What, uh, what's the story with them? I got a Wrath Critical and seven. Yowza, look at that. 
so he says, yeah, uh, these guys, they've been coming by a couple of times recently. Uh, not, not regulars, but they're getting that way. Way I understand it, they're from Regulus, Hive Regulus. And they're, they're like a gang and they control the station, the, the hypertrain station that runs into Regulus. And how 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 they treat you and the and your establishment? I mean, are they are they upstanding guys? I mean, perhaps you know Fagan might want to uh, have a relationship with them. Yeah, not these guys. These guys are the like real insiders. You know, they they don't talk to anyone. They keep to themselves. They got a bit of a recruitment thing going on. Sure, uh, but it's it's always come back to regless meet the boss that kind of stuff they 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 tried to get a couple of the girls to leave a few times but the the, the owners don't like that yeah i hear that so are you are you about ready to pull me over as a uh, praxis come out there yeah no that's why i, I was going to pull you over praxis should be back out by now he's never back that long so i don't know maybe something's going on not my place to say but, hey, you mind if I? You mind if we we pop up back and talk to him? Because I mean, you know, I I just want to finish this job, and you know, if he's just kind of meandering back there, maybe I can just you know tell him yeah, I gotta tell he's him. He's and... not a meandering kind of guy. He does his business. He comes back out. He has dinner. He's regular guy. Regular as clockwork. He goes back there. He does some business. He comes out here, has his dinner, has a couple of beers, watches the show, goes back, spends some time with the girls. And then, you know, he's off wherever he's going to go, driving here and there, hitting the hives, hitting the digs. Yeah, he's he, a busy man. So, he's not so going to hang around. So I'm, I'm just going to go back and, and give him a quick shot then, if that's okay with you. Yeah, hey, take take one of these, and he hands you a little token. Ah, uh, thank you. Thank you. Just hey, wave, get... wave that at the, the guards, and they'll let you through. Okay, so Sakar goes back to the table. He's, hey, Octavian, I think maybe uh, – there may be some trouble kicking up here. Uh, the bartender yes. says that Praxis is normally much more punctual than this. So let's go back and see what's going on. But maybe we should vox over to the father and the sister, let her know that something uh, something may be kicking off here any second. I think these gang members already have the exits blocked. Well, then, I mean, that that's just going to make the father smile. I mean, you know, you know how much he loves to burn. Uh, what was it? The mutants and the heretics and the purple people. And I, I don't know what to tell you. Let's get the father and the sister in here now. Um, well, how, how about this? You go, go you go get the father and the sister in here. I'll go check on and see if Praxis is still back there. And then maybe we just grab him when we take off. I'm a bit reluctant to leave as I have a direct link to the cybernetic musicians that are currently playing. Hey, can, can you just Vox, uh, you know, uh, I don't know how these communicators work that well. I mean, they I gave me one, but yeah, I'll have, I'll Vox the sister. Go ahead. Sister, your presence is required in the bar. Octavian, we hunt a witch. Is it urgent? Yes, we believe we are about to be attacked. I will inform the father. She like turns off the walk, turns to the father of Majestus. Father, 
while the witch hunt is a pressing matter, I believe our companions are about to be ambushed and killed. And that would not serve either of us. Or well. the Emperor. And I should just let the flame go against all the bikes and the vehicles and things that are parked <laughs> outside. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> well, so, we need a distraction. <laughs> so Sakar was pretty sure that things were going to get crazy immediately. So he hustles back shows that chip and is trying to find Praxis before the bar burns. Yeah, there's these two huge bodyguard guys that are probably mutants, to be fair. But they look like the kind of mutants that might just be really big, muscly guys. You're not 100% sure. So he looks... Hey, there, when fellas, you show them uh, the little chip thing that they wave you past, no, don't give the girls any trouble. Uh, no, no, absolutely not. I'm, I'm actually looking for Praxis. Uh, the, the bartender sent me back here because uh, he hadn't come out yet. Yeah, third room back. Uh, if the red light's on, it means he doesn't want company. I got you, Chief. Dad. Thanks, you. So Sakar heads back to back to the designated room. And behind this, behind the bar area, there's this long corridor which has got little alcoves in it, which are covered by sort of curtains. Uh, there are people engaged in various acts behind the curtains that you can hear that we shall leave to your imagination. Uh, but every so often there's a little room as well. And the third room back is actually quite far down the corridor. And there is no light on on the door. There is a little sliding peephole that you can open from the outside or the inside to look through. So Sakar stands against the wall into the side of the door and then tries to just open it to see if it's unlocked. It is unlocked and it opens as you do. Hey there, Praxis. And he looks around the corner. I'm here with a message from, uh, from Flagistan. No answer. Uh, there is an answer, and he's like, great, bring it in, please. Good to hear from an old friend. Uh, come on right in. I just got to grab it. It's a box here. And the car pulls back, and he's like, <laughs> over the box, really quiet, goes, uh, Octavian, uh, Julius, I'm pretty sure that I'm about ready to get shot here, so uh, just be prepared. I'm in the third room down on the corridor. And then he walks in. What's <laughs> that? <laughs> As you walk into the room, you can he's see... Got his, he's got his monofilament knife out and behind his back, just in case. But What you can see in the room is... Um, the whole room is set up as some kind of... Let's say playroom and leave it at that. It's, this is a room for entertainment of an adult nature. <laughs> Uh, but there is also a desk that's been dragged in here and stuck in the middle of the room. And behind the desk, there is the human. Um, completely normal, uninteresting, nondescript looking human. The most average man you think you've probably ever seen. He'd be perfect as a spy. And he sat behind this desk and he's got his arms on the table in front of him. There's a ledger like a big leather bound book underneath his hands, a pen next to him. There's a couple of boxes behind him. Some have got stuff in, some are empty. But there are also the three gang members with the slightly lavender hued skin in here with him. And they're just sitting in chairs opposite the desk, 
having a chat and they're like, hey, child, kids, hey, we're yeah. holding a meeting. Yeah, I see that. But uh, I had a I had a prior uh, scheduled appointment here with uh, with Praxis uh, on account of Flagistan sent me out to talk to him, and so you know I gotta get I gotta kind of close this down real quick, and then uh, then I get out of your hair. And Flagistan is from which hive? Uh, you know, I hive. Well, what do they call it? Amari. Ah, yes, the Amartya hive. I I know it. Yes. Uh, and you were there recently, were you not, Mr. Braxis? Something a little bit off about their voices. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I went, I went there, made a few trades, dealt a few things. Look, uh, guys, I'd love to help you, but I don't think I have what you need. Uh, you're looking for something that I don't got. Okay, and then we'll jump back to Dan and Jim, who are outside. Bunch of vehicles go up in flames. The, the homunculus-like man who was outside trying to draw people in starts, what are you doing? What are you doing? This is not the way we do things here. And, and he grabs a fire extinguisher from by the door and runs over to the, the cars and starts trying to put them out. I, I assume that the Father Magistus is probably just going to cook it. I'm going to, yeah. The, the flame will head <laughs> So you walk the flamer down on this guy, and he's like, ah, and he, he's backpedaling yeah. frantically to get away from the flamer and throws himself behind uh, a battered truck, like big wheel thing. So your, your flames like paint down the side. Of, but this parking area is really widely spread out. So you can't cover the entire area. It's not like a tightly knit car park. It's really spread out. There's loads of vehicles yep. all over, and they're all quite big. But you've, you've the, definitely... It's the bikes I'm aiming for. You know, the bike gang who went yes. in there? Yeah, oh, you've torched those good and proper, because they're yeah. all parked no, no, near each other. Yeah. yeah, they're all getting burnt. That's the, the distraction. That's to get them back out of the bar so the other two are safe. See how I'll look after you. Sister's going to then suggest to the father that we make our way inside, as we've made our presence felt now. We will not need to, sister. The emperor has shown me the way. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, Simon, he keeps trying to log in and keeps getting dropped off by the system, by the looks of things. He's, he's here and around and trying to log in. Don't be <laughs> fooled by that placid-looking face in the image there. Um, oh, the Lord, he coming. <laughs> the sister um, sort of makes her way to the door, like so she's keeping sort of an eye on the father, putting an eye inside the business as well now. Um, and again, just trying to work out what she needs to do in this situation because the father's currently just burning vehicles with reckless abandon. Um, yes, yes in, in the is. name of the emperor. In the name of the emperor, and that's all important. Um, but we were also given a very specific task. Oh, look, here he is. Is he, he going to make it? Hey! Right, let me kick trade farmer. I am going to start shouting, burn, 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 <laughs> and cackling. <laughs> there we go. Hopefully, the screen will now readjust itself appropriately. <laughs> My life. <laughs> 
<laughs> Hi, Simon. Hello. You're, you're currently Jim, but that'll change in a moment. Although Jim is currently Dan. Dan is well, currently Dan. I'm enjoying that experience. Yeah. Dan is gone, oh. which is very confusing for everybody. Got... Which Dan's gone? I'm just as confused. You've gone. I've gone. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Hey. Simon, to bring you up to speed, we got to the bar. And oh, you and Sakar and Octavian went in, and then you came back out again to radio the others to bring the wagon down. And then Sakar's just radioed out going, I think I'm in trouble. Octavian's like, I can't come out of the bar. I've just hacked into the cyber band. Uh, Father Majestus has just set fire to a bunch of hover bikes in the car park. And... Sister Evelyn is talking about a witch. Oh. There's a witch nearby. Also, the Empress is. Let me just see if I can get Pete to poke at stuff. I need to borrow one of you guys in the week to help me spend my experience points because I need to know where, where the table is. So I've spent none yet. Hmm. You must be sitting on a pretty amount right now. Yeah, like 100. <laughs> pretty close to it. Yeah, I think, I think we hit 100. I yeah, 100. Yeah, I think. Yes. Yeah, you did. Yep. So, yep. Uh, where were we? Right. Sakar, you're in this room with these heavy set gang looking guys and Praxis, it would seem. Uh, and Praxis is trying to intimate something to you through looks and head tilts so if you could make a cunning roll to try and pick up on what he's sending your way i'll do my best here and can i use a point of glory since we got a bunch of it there is no shortage of them 10 successes holy cats but I did get a wrath complication. You did. Yeah, he's definitely trying to tell you something. It looks like he's trying to tell you that he doesn't want to be here and that these guys aren't having a friendly meeting with him. Uh, however, they get the impression that he's sending you that message. And one of them just pushes the door shut behind you. So while this is going on, so Sakar sees this interplay. He's been around the gang world long enough. So he reaches, he's got his other hand in his pocket and he's holding that silver ball in his hand and he tries to make it, make him fast again. Okay. Now, so far, you've so used that's the one I've used. You, have yeah. you, you haven't used phantom form or regeneration yet. No, have you? no. No, he's, okay. he's gonna. He's gonna. He doesn't even know. You know, he's. He understands there's other things this thing can do, but right now he thinks he's going for the speed. So that is. Uh, oh, it's a difficulty seven. It is difficulty seven, psychic power test. And guys, can I use another point of glory? Absolutely, he's gonna need it for psychic powers because he hasn't got there yet. Yep, this is gonna be rough. Nine successes. Wow. With a possible shift back to the glory. Because my I had been pumping up my willpower quite a bit because I'm going to be a witch. <laughs> <laughs> so that means I get to take two actions um, and my defense goes up by one. So as soon as that guy closes the door, uh, Sakara will try to stab him in the throat. 
Now, I believe you can also reduce the amount of shock or increase your defense bonus with the extra successes there as well. Oh, that's right. Hold on, let me pull that. I see that. Warp speed. Yes, you can indeed suffer one less shock for sustaining it or gain a plus one bonus to defense. I'll take the additional plus one to defense. Sure. I, I, don't, I don't mind the shock. Uh, but yeah, so he will, uh, so he'll strike out at this guy. And then hopefully since they're, I mean, he, once again, his mind just kind of shifts and he's moving so fast and everyone's moving so slow. That he's going to try to stab this guy and then stab one of the other guys, you know, just that juddering step and stab a second person. Okay. Go for it. Okay. Let's see here. Combat mono knife. Can't remember. Does it actually roll off the weapon? Yeah, it does. And what's the difficulty number? Uh, defense is two. Resilience is six. Okay, so difficulty is two. And I'm going to use, once again, I'm going to use a point of glory, if that's okay, since I shifted the one. All right. Roll critical damage. Roll damage first. Okay. Uh, so three points of damage, but it is a critical hit and it doesn't seem to be rolling that. So that's a D66, I think. It is a D66. Where's critical damage? Also, the damage you do is three plus your strength. Oh, that's right. So three plus... 197 for critical hit. So a total of six damage and roll one... D sixty six. Oh, it's not a D sixty six. It's a D sixty six. I was right, wrong, yeah. right, all of the above. So, uh, unspeakable carnage. The target suffers one D three plus three mortal wounds on top of the six damage. So four mortal wounds, six damage. Unspeakable carnage. This Unspeakable mono knife goes in. Unspeakable carnage. That, that's a throat-slitting spectacular. Yeah. That spray of gore yeah. all over the room. Because yeah, Sakaar is used to using, you know, a rusted old combat knife. So this mono knife goes into this guy's throat. And he literally just tears the front half of it out as he swings around to strike at uh, the second of the three guards in here. And I'm, if everybody's okay with it, I'm going to go ahead and use one more. Point of glory. Nasty, you've used too much now. Not allowed anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Damn it. Six successes. So that's a solid. Oh, crap. I didn't roll it. I didn't roll it off the off the off the mono knife. I'm, I'll just go ahead and re-roll it. You shouldn't need to, it should be the same thing. Uh, okay, yeah, for but damage. Then it does the damage and stuff for you, didn't it? Uh, yes. I can roll the damage stuff, but the damage is uh, three plus two extra dice. So oh, I did it wrong. Okay. So three, six damage again to the second guy. Okay. So he minus got his resistant resilience. Resilience of six. Okay. So he doesn't take any. So he guy. doesn't take any damage, but you, you kind of go through the first He's got guy's AP one. So he would take at least one point of damage. Okay. And AP1 reduces his resilient, uh, resist, resilience by one. And kind of poke oh, it into the next guy. <clears throat> okay. 
Uh, sorry, let me switch over to them. Uh, the the third one, the one that you haven't attacked, um, just grabs a big duffel bag and cheeses it out of the room, flings the door back open and runs straight off down the corridor in the direction you don't know what there is. So for Sakaar, when he sees this, Vox is really fast. There's a runner. Get him. He's, got, he's leaving the building. He's got a duffel bag. There Meanwhile, outside in the car park where we have um, Sister Evelyn and Father Majestus and currently um, Julius Battle, because he went out to radio them a little while ago. You've just watched Majestus set fire to a bunch of bikes. They were heretical bikes. They needed to be. They were heretical were bikes. They heretical? Cool. Did you use the big flamer? Of course. Yes. There's, there's only one type of flamer now. You can hear over the Vox. Bang! Bang! just check something how unfeasibly mean is this oh that's very mean that's slightly less mean right okay we're with slightly less mean and a figure leaps out of one of the cars and comes running towards you screaming and shouting saying just intelligible at this point. They're like, waving their arms around. Obviously, she's the witch, so let's raise the flag. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. I'll, I'll go around the side of the building. But first, I'm going to um, smite you. Ooh, page 280. Well, that's not going to work, is it? Well, it might, actually. Just a quick range. one. Did I get my armour fixed by the Mechanicus, Chappie? Yes. Yes. Well, that's no good, because those all say you have to have chaos powers. Uh, smite is actually on page 272. Oh, Every psyker has access to Smite. Yep. Target's defence is the target number... Yep, so, there we go. Okay, so we're going to smite you. Uh, and she's going to smite Jim, because Jim's the one setting things on fire. Do you want to roll it, or do you want me to just ruin your day now? Go ahead and ruin my day. Okay, I'm going to spend two faith points. The one to activate uh, Shield of Faith is a yep. reflex action when someone uh, tries to do a psychic power. I can ignore it. I can then spend an extra faith point to grant it the same bonus to all Imperium keywords within 15 plus double meters, my, double my rank in meters. So there's no psychic powers. So suffer not the witch. But do and the yet, psychic powers still kick off and then get nullified or do they just refuse to activate? It just says ignore. Sorry. Uh, so there's uh, a reflex action, saying it, including perils of warp. So it includes the perils of warps if you perils. It doesn't matter. Until the end of the round, you may spend an additional. and yeah, So ignore psychic powers or the effect. Okay, so they still kick off, but they don't affect you. Or Me or, or anyone, any Imperium keywords, which is what these two are. That means the cars just become really slow. <laughs> I so, think he's more than no, 15 meters away and, and out of range. So it's 15 plus double double rank in meters. So, so we're rank, rank, we're rank one. Thre- we're rank three. Yeah. So we're rank, 
21 meters. Yeah, so anyone within 21 meters, basically, that's Imperium will not be affected by... It's literally the three of you. Yes. And yeah, so this this woman comes running towards you and starts hurling bolts of energy in your direction from her bare hands, screaming and shouting. She's going to regret that decision, I sense. A little bit of blood trickles down sister's nose because obviously it requires a great amount of will to activate the shield of faith and hold back the power of the psycho when you're not actually a psycho yourself. So she's got a little bit of a little bit of a bloody nose, but doesn't matter. Yeah, so she she does that right in front of you. Hold on, Jim, you found the witch. <laughs> right, I think I know what's going to happen next. <laughs> right, so we pass back to your go. Um, and Dan, I guess you're probably going first. And that is whoever we get to choose. So oh, I, to choose. I, I would feel bad for jumping ahead of Jim burning a witch. Fair. <laughs> Jim, what do you want to do? <laughs> you want to sit discuss down things rationally. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, there's two choices, really. Dan goes first, and I try and calm myself down or just carry on burning the witch with Dan in the way. <laughs> we go first and burn the witch. So let's go first and burn the witch. Okay. <laughs> Right, said witch has a defense of four. Okay. And resilience of four. You may what? use a glory point, sir. I do not feel this will go well for the witch. Well, flame, 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 oh, there we go. Right, so does my DN become four then? Yeah. Yeah. If I use a glory point, what happens? You get extra right. dice. Where it says bonus on the bottom line, put in one okay. there. And... Where does it say? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, my <laughs> 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 you really uh, wanted to burn that witch. <laughs> yeah, that's the D66 then. On the critical hit roll. Oh, critical hit. It doesn't let uh, you click. Uh, it doesn't do that. Roll damage and then roll a D66 as well. So how, how, how do I roll damage? Just pl- If you work. click on roll damage, it does oh. work. It's the critical hit that doesn't. Ooh. Damage 10, 11. Damage 10. 10, 10 that is. Okay, so you set her on fire and you burn all of her clothes off. And that's not three, is it? That's... That's, uh... Oh, it is a three. You can't get a three on a D66. Roll 2D6. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that's uh, two. Oh, 62. That's going to be horrendous. Also, unspeakable, unspeakable carnage. carnage. <laughs> uh, yeah, her eyeballs burst. She suffers an additional 1d3 plus 3 mortal wounds. <laughs> so that's another 1d3. Jim. Okay. <laughs> Uh, 
So in a, a gory display of display of carnage, her eyeballs melt in her face. She does not do well. Um, how much damage is that total that you've done then? Damage 12. 10. No, it's 10, 12. But... It's 15, five of which are mortal wounds. So her, resi her resilience of four will reduce the 10 to six, six. And then she'll suffer five mortal wounds. So it's 11 damage in total she suffers. So she's got no wounds left. <laughs> she she burned. She burned. Fortunately, that wasn't the cult magus. That was just a rogue psycho working for the cult. You said they had a purple hue to their skin, didn't you? I did. <laughs> I've just realised what we're up against. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> uh, so even while she's running towards you, Jim, the flames of the Emperor's purifying light shred the flesh from her body, burst her deceiving witch eyes from her head, and the burning skeleton collapses at your feet as you are vindicated with the Emperor's wrath. Sister crushes the skull under her boot. Crunchy crunch. <clears throat> uh, back inside, uh, Dan M. I think it's just time to start. The the two three remaining gang members at that table all shudder suddenly, like they've just experienced something truly horrifying. But it's your go before theirs. Oh, no, it's not. It's their go before yours, because the witch didn't get a go. And they all get up and they charge out the back. Oh. Oh, OK. In the direction Sakar has gone on his own. I. Oh, hmm. In which case I will activate the cyborgs to go off them. So you activate the cyborgs and mm. the, the band, which are, are playing this sort of um, strippery music at this point, just kind of shake and shudder a little bit and then start unfolding a little bit. And they're unfolding like blades from their arms and the Vox guy, the Vox slips down and you can see that the whole top half of his body elevates off and has these sort of mangling jaw extendy things that come out and mash faces the drummer starts firing cymbals across the room so the music stops and carnage begins where the band has begun the um the three chaps are going to try and escape still So they are rolling. Oh, that's a good roll. 
that is not. <clears throat> so one of them makes it to the door and gets out. The other two start getting hit by shrapnel and damaging fire from the band. The patrons in the bar go nuts. There's a riot just instantly breaks out. There's no zero to 60 in this bar. It's zero to riot straight away. Chairs are being picked up and thrown. People are just fighting people at nearby tables. Knives are coming out. Pistols are coming out. There's shooting. There's fighting. One of the strippers reaches down and grabs a guy by the head and just sort of flings him up into the ceiling. How she's done that is a mystery. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a big old bar fight going on, and you're stood right in the middle of it. Sakar, no, hang on, Julius has not been. Neither is Dan. Julius, you just watched um, Father Majestus torture witch who was throwing fireballs at him. Yeah. What do you want to do? Um, so the fox said someone was going out the back. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, so um, I, I'm assuming having been inside and, and going back outside, I'll, I should know roughly where, if I go one way, it's better than going the other way. If you go round the side of the skull. So I'm going to go round the side of the skull. Do I know kind of how, how deep? So do I know when I go round how far I'm going to be going? Uh, not exactly, no, because you didn't go behind the bar. You only went into the bar, had a look round, and then came back out again. Okay. Uh, whereas I, I they're shall... coming out from further down. It looks like they're coming out round the back of the jaw of this giant kaiju mega fauna thing. Okay. And you can see that there are three speed bikes right. parked there as well. Okay. So someone comes bursting out of the back door, carrying a duffel bag, leaps onto a speeder bike and jets off before you can get there. But you can take a shot or try to catch up and do your thing. Jump on one of the spare beast speeder uh, bikes. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm just thinking, can I? Um, so my agility is like three. It's about the pilot skill. Uh, yeah, my pilot skill is zero. And my agility <laughs> is three. You got this. I believe in you. Yeah, yeah, I believe in you too, mate. I believe in you too. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll just have to do the whole. Uh, like a trade biker role. Trade biker. Yes, that would be. That would be well. I was just going to throw a grenade at him. And try and that is also a thing you could do. So if I throw a frag grenade. To be fair, shooting is probably going to be more effective than grenading at this range. Well, I was thinking the explosion might just knock him off the bike. It might. That's what I was going with. I wasn't actually going with hurting him. I was literally going with an explosion so he would fail his bike test and fall off. Okay. So I'm going to throw a frag grenade at him. All right. Yeah. And, um... So his defense is two. Okay. Uh... I don't know what happened there. Did anything happen? Uh, Did I roll anything? Yes, you've got three successes, so roll your damage. Um, roll damage. 
damage 12. He's got six resilience, so six of that passes through. Would the bike give him any sort of like native? I was, really, I was really just trying to knock him off the bike. That's you haven't really... knocked him off the bike. He's hunched down low over the bike. It looks like he's horribly injured, but he is clinging on for dear life and has passed out of grenade range. Uh, meanwhile, who hasn't been? Everybody's been. So we jump back to the. Oh, Dan. Dan P's not been. Go on, Dan. To, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure what Sister would do here because, I mean, the, the, she's stamped on a skull and the priest is probably still burning. And I guess Julius has just run off in front of her. So she would probably follow Julius around the corner. Okay. Given that we're attempting to stop somebody from escaping, she's not yeah. entirely sure. She'll go around the corner and would the biker still be in long range of her bolt gun? Long range, yes. Cool. Fantastic. That's all she needs to know. So she will, uh, with uh, one action, she will activate um, Divine Guidance. That's her act of faith. She asks for the Emperor's Guidance on her bullets and sees that they make their mark. Um, and then she will roll to shoot at this lovely, lovely gentleman trying to escape from us. Do, 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 do. Bonus, bonus, bonus. Dice pull. Bonus six. Okay. Um what did you say his defense was? His defense is two. Okay, I'm going to shift all of that extra to damage because um, there's a lot of extra successes there. And then I'll show roll my damage, which does another two damage. So it's, oh, it's already calculated that for me. So it's 12 damage plus, ooh, what's that? 11 minus two. So it's plus another nine damage there. So uh, yeah, he's just taken like 21 points of damage, I think. You literally explode the bike from I under mean, him. <laughs> it's a bolt gun. It's a rocket-propelled bullet. It, so. Yeah, it, it's a mini rocket, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it's what Justin Hammer would call the ex-wife. <laughs> uh, you literally explode the bike under him, and he comes off in sections. And each section sort of spirals to rest on the corrupted sands. She turns to Julius. I, I believe that's what you were trying to achieve. I think we were trying to recover what he was carrying. Ah. But let's see what, what's left. And I shall, I shall make my way over to see what's left. Okay. So while you're doing that, Sakar is back in the room with these, this other ganger who's still alive. Uh, but so, it is your go. It is. So uh, I will go ahead and sustain the power and go ahead and take the shock. 1d3 plus 1 shock. I'll roll that first. I'm going to stop putting T-level threats against you guys after this, I think. So I'll go ahead and take the three points of shock. Then with my, with my blade, I am going to uh, strike out at this guy twice. And I was calculating damage wrong last time, but uh, okay. And you said his defense number is two. Yep. Because I hadn't changed the knife damage to mono knife damage, and that was the problem. Rookie mistake. I know. I suck. So five successes. 
one possible shift, I will shift that over to damage. So that's six, seven, eight points of damage. Yes, six resilience. So he takes two. Then I will strike out again with my mono knife. He's already taken one, so he's looking decidedly worse for wear as you. Got a critical complication, but did did hit. Uh, and so he takes seven points of damage. Well, let's find out what the, um, oh no, the, that's not a critical, it's a complication. Complication, yep. So he ruptures in a spray of gore as you open him up right up the front, but you are liberally coated in his blood as it sprays all over you <laughs> from cutting this guy up. Uh, the father's going to love this look, but it's disgusting. <laughs> hey there, Praxis, are you okay? Praxis is kind of sat there behind his desk like, what was that? Well, that's the Emperor's grace. Uh, my, my friends told me all about it. They said, you pray to the Emperor and he gives you... He, he lets you run around like crazy, and I and he gave me this. I got this great knife from it, and everything. They they're swell folks. You're gonna okay, love. Okay, whoa. So you're like Vindicare or something. I didn't do nothing. I'm just no. a trader. Yeah, no, no. We're here. We I'm here to talk to you because Flagistan sent us out, sent me out here saying that you're the man to talk to about the pages from some old book that, that you saw. Book? Really? Yeah. That's those guys were here for the book as well. What's so special about that damn book? I don't know, but you know, to be honest with you, don't tell nobody that you like read it. If you read it, don't tell nobody that because uh, you seem like a nice guy, and I, I don't want to see it get burned. Look, up, I'll be but... honest with you, kid. I've only seen a few pages from it. Uh, yeah, you know, I enough to maybe mock up a decent copy. Uh, didn't did, I mean? Do you know what the other actual pages are? Because I think that's what's going to be really valuable to my. Well, I, I got two. I got two more pages. With you right here? Yeah, you want them, you can have them. So. Oh, yeah, I definitely want them. So, uh, do you know what the rest of it is, though? Yeah. Yeah, right. I do. Where's that? Well, you... I don't know where the rest of the book is, but I know where I got these bits from, and I know where you might be able to find the rest of the book, but you're going to have to go off-world. Oh, that, that's okay. Hey, let's do this. You tell me all this info real quick, and then you cheese it. because I... that's, that's my plan. If you're going to let me go... I am down to tell you whatever the hell hey. you want to know, kid. Hey, I'm I'm all out. Next time you talk to Flagistan, you make sure I, you tell him that Sakarez and Fagan's twists, they had your back out here. So you give me those two pages and where the rest of them are, and then you run like hell, and I'll just tell the rest of the boys that you're all right. Sure, sure. Um, and, right, and, yeah. and the sister, of course. I mean, and I, he I, hands I, you a, a scroll case, like a silver metal tube. Is there's there's two pages in there. He does not look at them. He remembers what the father said about reading heretical texts, and he says, "I I don't even I'm going to trust you that they're in there. I cannot open this. Uh, it's just not in my best interest." And then you said, "Off world." So who are we looking for, and where are we going? I've never been off world. Right. I. There's a Hulk. All right. Uh, 
Space Hulk. I don't know what that is, but okay, I'm sure that as well. It's it's a ship, a mess of ships, couple of ships, and it's dead. There, there's nothing there. And I know this guy, and he'd been up there, and he came back with a couple of these pages, and he asked me to value them. I guess maybe the rest of it is either on that or with this guy. And, and yeah, he didn't this? tell me his name. He oh, didn't tell me right. nothing like That's that. Fair. This is just a guy who comes into the bar. He hears that I, I, I do this stuff. He knows that I can like sell and move items. And so he gives me a couple of pages. I sold one to Phlogiston. I've been trying to sell these other two, but once once I knew what they're worth, prices jacked up. I'm getting interest from these kinds of guys. It's not good. Don't want anything so, to do with it. So this fella, he comes to this bar? Oh, he ain't coming back. Uh, so where do you think he might have gone to then? Well, he can said, you give me a description? He said if I got in touch with him, if I if I could sell them, if I could move them and they were worth it, but... I could get in touch with him on Regless, but these guys have just come from Regless, these purple dudes, and I don't trust them. They say they own the train station on Regless. Uh, this guy, he's got uh, he's got a contact. You got to go to level seven hundred three on Regless. And you find you find a guy. Uh, I don't know if it's really a guy, or or not. He said, "Votan." Uh, there's a guy called Votan or some shit. Did he give you any way of contacting him uh, or, or, you know, uh, any kind of passwords, anything? You know, I want to, I don't want to spook this fella. He says, he, he said this, this guy, he knows some weird tech. So you get in with weird tech people and you'll find him. If you've got a tech guy, you'll oh, find we, him. We got a, we got a tech guy. That, that we do. Hey, practice. So, so the, the pages are here in this scroll case. We're going to be heading off to Regulus. I'm going to tell you here, between you and me, I'm going to keep it a little quiet here. Well, the Inquisition is all over this. And I'm just saying, you know what the Inquisition is like. So if I was you, I would change my name and maybe get to a hive where you're not normally known too much and, you know, disappear for, I don't know, a decade or so. Hey, I'm thinking a pilgrimage might be in order right about now. I'm, I'm going off world. Thanks, kid. I owe you one. We ever meet again? Tell me what you need. I've got it. You're all right, Praxis. I get get the hell out of here, bud. Uh, and he does. He cheeses it out the back door. Meanwhile, outside, um, Dan P and Simon, you guys head over to the wreckage of the speeder bike. There's the wreckage of a speeder bike. There's a couple of limbs, and there's this duffel bag. Uh, look at the duffel bag. Uh, inside the duffel bag, there is a massive leather-bound book. Okay. 
does it does it look from the outside to be vaguely chaotic in any way uh no not chaotic but it looks like it's just absolutely riddled with all kinds of scientific information <laughs> i'm going to open it uh, opening it it's written in a language that you don't quite understand but oh, well, it definitely says the word bellerophon on it can the sister look at it yep yeah. can i scholar it and see if i can decipher the language if it's one i've seen yes before? you can i could have scholared it you can scholar it as well if you i want, know i'll Simon. let the sister do it i, I mean i'm not very good it. at scholar so you know are you not <laughs> Not particularly. Nope. <laughs> Despite being, you know, in the my my, I'm, we're not really taught much outside the imperial cult, you know. So, <laughs> but she was just seeing if it was like a, maybe a dialect of Imperium, or a high Gothic, or something. Right. Like yeah, Simon. This is the Bellerophon Index, right. the the very book for which you have been searching. Okay. And you found it. Good job. Well done. <laughs> Home in time for tea and medals. Why do I feel like it's a forgery? <laughs> <laughs> what you mean, like the one, the one I could knock up a fairly good copy. <laughs> yeah. But but it didn't seem chaotic. It didn't feel. The whole book itself isn't inherently chaotic. Right. Okay. It's got information about chaos stuff. Right. You found a page that had chaos stuff on, but it's right. a biology textbook. Okay. And does is it can can I see there's pages torn out of it? Yes. Say, check it against the missing page. Yeah, there looks to be at least a dozen pages missing. Okay, but the rest of the book's here. And it looks like the rest of the book is there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jim. Yeah. What do you want to do? I'm still burning shit outside. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're torching up all of the all of the shit. Uh, Dan. Um, bar fight inside i haven't moved from my place in the bar <laughs> just watching it all go down watching the anarchy that is raining um from in the fact seeds of chaos I, start moving to the door Dan. uh ben sorry yeah yeah i'm just gonna delicately sip on my drink while i'm seated there while the cyborgs do their the cyborgs are just and... messing up the room uh that's fine they work for me. Those those two guys have gone out the back door. Jim, you walk in to a massive bar fight. Okay. I'm going to have a quick look over to where uh, my two companions are. Well, it seems to be just one. one companion, actually. It's just Octavian, and he seems to be sat at a table in the middle of this absolute carnage, being protected by the band somehow. Well... What we're going to do then is we're going to burn the big crowd of people. That was coming. As soon as you light up the flame of people start, lose their enthusiasm for having a punch up and start leaving through whatever exits they can get to. It all gets very quiet. Not very quickly. The, the dancing girls on the stage. Uh, well, there's, there's only two of the three dancing girls left on stage. One of them uh, was carried out of the room because she was sat on the shoulders of one of the bar regulars, punching him in the ear as he ran out of the room. And the two that are left in there see you light up the room and they kind of stop what they're doing and 
Put their hands up and back slowly towards the exit. Octavian, what do you want to do with the band? And have you marked Jim as friend or foe? Oh, as well, tempting, but no, he is a, <laughs> I would say ally. I'm not sure I'd classify him as a friend. Uh, <laughs> Surely this should be a role to see if you even thought about that. <laughs> um, I will, you know, if, the, if, the, if the chaos has subsided, I will return them back to their um, band mode so that <laughs> they can start playing music. But while I'm at it, I might reprogram it slightly to play better music. Okay. Uh, like maybe something classical. <laughs> or, um, yeah. So they, they switched to full mariachi mode. Excellent. And it's just, just you and a beer and, and a flamer wielding priest in the bar. And the barman kind of looks around and shrugs. You should probably find out what happened to Rez. I think at that point, he'd be walking back into the bar room, probably. Uh, I'll toast him. I'll toast him with my beer. Yeah, so Rez walks back into the room, and the whole front of his body is completely drenched in blood. It looks like he's been liberally sprayed all down the front of his body with blood. Does he look like a corn worshipper? (laughs) No. Does we wouldn't know what that was. Does, does he, does he come out going blood to the blood god? <laughs> hey, does father. the landlord have any obvious mutations? Uh, no, he just doesn't have a lower body. He's got a unicycle instead. Oh, that's right. I thought it was floating. No, no, no. It's um, it is on like a little gyroscopically stabilised unicycle body. Okay. Hey, so father. Rez walks in. Father, I uh, the emperor protects. He protected me again. I, 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 uh, I took care of a couple of gangers in the emperor's name, as you told me to do. Uh, and I used my knife. And I really, I really, you can you tell. You have the emperor's blessing. He spoke to me. He pointed out the witch, and I purged her with the flame. You know that doesn't surprise me at all, Father. But hey, uh, if if the inquisitor select here, Mister Battle, is around, I got two more pages in a book. And I know where we can get the rest of it. Ah, that is good news. I imagine at so which then, point. So then maybe Father, you could put in a good word for me with the with the Inquisitor select Mr. Battle there. Cause you know, I'd I'd really like to go off world with you guys when you go. At which point, um, Simon and, and Dan both enter the bar as well. Uh, Simon, you got the you got the Bellerophon index. It's the whole damn thing. Is it quite big? Is it? It's massive. Is it? Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll carry this duffel bag over my shoulder because I might as well just keep it in the duffel bag. It, yeah, it's it's like ten inches thick. Okay. And nearly two feet wide and three feet high. Okay. Hey there, hey there, uh, Mister Battle, there, sir. I got yeah. two more pages of your book, and I found the guy who is forging the other one, the older books. Uh, and he told me where the rest of the books may be on some kind of uh, floating space hulk. I don't know what that is. But he also said there's another guy over in a hive regulus that may be able to, to put us on the right path. Hive regulus. That's where the um, Inquisitor. Um, that wasn't where the see. Inquisitor was. No, she was from. Oh, um, she was. Gilead Primus. 
Okay. But uh, here's a scroll case with the pages. I did not look at a FADA. I did not open that case. That's probably good. You might get um get get toasted. Well, yeah, I can't I can't read either. So I mean, you know, that's yeah. that's one of the drawbacks. Or oh, maybe it's a blessing. I don't know. Maybe that's uh, maybe get, the emperor's plan, right? I shall I shall open the duffel bag, get the book out, open it to some pages that are all missing, open yeah. the scroll case, roll it out, and see where they go in the book. Uh, yeah, I mean, whoever the, the the pages. Oh, right. Hang on. Let's make another scholar roll here then. But we're going to go for a scholar at difficulty seven now, Simon. Um, all right. So I need to. I need. I to believe use, in you. Can I, can I glory it? You can glory you can it. Have a glory point. Okay. So I need. So go dice pool. Oh, so difficulty is seven. Yeah. So base is seven. And dice pool seven, and we need that one. Uh, and then I need to roll it. And then I need to use um, a point of whatever it is, because you ah. get two, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. To reroll all my failed ones, which is four. Um, one, two, three, four. So I roll, I do four. No. Yeah, you roll. can just roll four D6. We can open it up and see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm roll. trying to remember what I, what I type. <laughs> Slash roll space 4d6. Slash roll space 4d6. more successes. Yep. So there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. The book is a forgery. Yeah. Uh, you can, when you slot the pages in, you can see how it's a really well made forgery. This yeah. has been done by a consummate professional. Yeah. Um, but the science doesn't match up. It's not good science. This book is designed to look the part, but it isn't a work of genius. Right. The pages, however, they are fascinating. Uh, one of them is about crude biology. Right. Okay. And another one is about terraforming. So there's nothing heretical on either of these other two pages. Okay. Wicked. So there, uh, Mr. Battle, sir. So I did good, right? So like, if if you're gonna go you off did. world, you take with me, taking me with you. You with you, me? Yeah, definitely, man. You did really good. Oh, thank you. Hey, uh, I I got a little messy back there. D is I'm gonna be kind of sticky in the vehicle. Is that okay? Uh, it's not my vehicle. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Unless you want to ride on top. There's 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 a whole turret. It's quite a big beast we had, wasn't it? So, Okay, now I know Aaron's got to go to a meeting in a minute, so I'm going to wrap it up there. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Um, it looks like we may not have a game on tomorrow. We might. Um, and the North Americans have got some... Um, Cthulhu. Cthulhu. We will be finishing up, finishing up Venice for Shadows of Atlantis. Not and then Venice, on Friday, Vienna, we've got Vienna. Nye running Monster of the Week. But thank you for joining us this evening. Uh, next week, it's back to Lex Arcana for the really, really, we're actually going to finish this week, we promise, Honest Gov finale. And then the week after that, we're back to this. Um, thank you for coming along this evening. Thanks for everybody taking part and joining us in chat and doing all the stuff. We are going to let everybody go to their rest. 
Um, thank you to my lovely players for playing and being such staunch followers of the Imperial Creed. Um, pleasure and a privilege, as always. And thank you very much. And good night. Night.